Hey, this is Vivian Campbell, and you are listening to Focus on Metal. Hey, Metalhead, Scott here. I'm Richie. And welcoming you to yet another episode of Focus on Metal. And got a great guest this week. And interestingly enough, it is his fourth time on the show. And I I actually forgot. He was actually the guy we had on for episode 500. Yeah, the full career chat. Yeah. Um, and, and now here we are 50 episodes later. <laughs> exactly 50, 50 yeah <laughs> so and and I, like i said i completely forgot that we had him on episode 500 but yeah this is his fourth time on yeah vivian campbell yep and and it was funny because i was like hmm what am i going to name this episode and this is why i even knew it was four because i went back it was like okay we've already had an episode called last in line can't use that we had one called vivian campbell can't use that and then we had the one where i named it after the serial number of his blacklist paul which had no bearing on this week's talk anyway. So it's like, couldn't use that. It's like, hmm, okay, well, I got to come up with another idea, which I did, but... Uh, well, I don't come up with any of these <laughs> ideas. You do them all. I actually, this is an, a weird one because I actually have the show notes and the artwork already done before we're talking. Wow. <laughs> and and part of that is also because um, there's a certain timeliness to this, and I want to make sure that this is... This, like the one the other, other week where I did the fast turn for Joel, I think this is going to be another one where it's a really fast turn episode of, of you talking with Viv and me getting it out within, the, within you know, basically almost 24, 48 hours from you having the talk. So, well, fast turn. I, we, I have talked about doing that. Um, I, we have been backed up before, mm-hmm. and it can lead to trouble, uh, especially when stuff is timely. Yep. And... Being completely honest with you, we had no audio. Mm. Once you ran the Matt Carp episode, I realized, shit, we have nothing. Yeah, we, I don't, uh, I don't know if I have something in the, there might be something that I just haven't ever in the way, way worked back. with. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but that's, you know, in yeah. case of emergency, break glass kind sure. of thing. But it's, but this is now the advantage of that we're, we pulled back syndication and we do them when we want to do them. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's been a lot easier, I think, with, with work life and everything else that we're not really really pinned to that having to do it every week and have that extra layer of of stress and some of that also drives to whether we're going out and grabbing stuff or not so um you know sometimes things are things are good sometimes things get slow and more things get shitty so yeah it we just kind of we just roll with it right yeah i i i prefer that i'm sure you do as yeah. well yeah um but we have some interviews in the can uh-huh. and the, this was done, we're recording this on the, what, 21st? Yep. Uh, so it was done on the 19th, wasn't it? No, the 20th. What was done? Oh, you <laughs> see, my, my brain's gone. Yeah, you did it, you did it, you know, from, again, the day we're doing this, so, yeah, you did it yesterday. Oh, that's right, I You did uploaded it last night. That's right. I've edited it this afternoon, I've done the artwork, I've done the show notes, and now we're doing the intro. And, and then and I'll, then I'll put it together and mix it, you know, tomorrow and it'll go out either tomorrow or sometime friday good so yeah good so we're just kind of cranking through it but 
as uh, Richie alluded to, again, this week's guest is none other than uh, another fellow Irishman, Vivian Campbell. Yeah, um, I asked for an interview with someone from Last in Line because a while back they announced the EP. Mm-hmm. I knew they were doing shows. I knew the PR person because she'd hooked me up with Vivian before mm-hmm. and for episode 5000 she was able to you know, hook me up with Vivian for yeah. an extended career yeah. chat, which was great. And um, I think I put in a request. I asked a couple of times. I wasn't really getting anything back. And um, I it, it didn't bother me who I got. Yeah. I didn't. I've spoken to all four of them before. Mm-hmm. So if yeah. I didn't get Vivian. Yeah. And we've had all four yeah. on the show. Uh, even Phil, we had yeah. early on on the show. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, Vinny, Andrew, yep. Phil wouldn't bother me who we got. Yep. And... I thought it wasn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then the band's manager contacted me asking could I, on Monday, mm-hmm. could I speak to Vivian tomorrow? And I was like, yeah, of course I can. So yeah. we, we did the interview. And um, he's just off the stadium tour. Um, he does other things as well. He gets into that in the interview. Um, seems to be in a really good place in mm-hmm. his life now. Uh, well, you went to see the stadium tour and you talked about it on the show. Um, I unfortunately did not get to ask him about the Fenway Park show. Mm-hmm. Um, you said he looked really happy there. He looked like the happiest motherfucker I've ever seen. Well, that's a, nearly a that's his home show for him, isn't Pretty it? Pretty much. Yeah, but he, he, he was. A lot of but again, you know, I've seen, I, you've seen the band a lot. I've seen the band a oh, lot. Yeah. You could not get the smile off of that guy's face. Every time the camera would pan over to him, he was just like this shit-eating grin on his face the entire night. I've never seen him look that happy, ever. Mm. Good, good. Maybe because it was coming to an end, Uh, the tour. (laughs) I'm joking. I I don't know. He just seemed really, really happy, like insanely happy. Yeah, it was Mm. was good to see. Um, He just seemed to just be radiating this happiness thing, which was, yeah, like I said, I've never seen him like that. So it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was cool to see. I think that tour is going to go on. Hmm. I think it's going to go abroad. Um, Great. Everybody gets to experience the wonderfulness of Motley Crue. <laughs> fuck me. It's, it's money. Yeah, no, I, 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 I get it. I, again, although I hate to admit it, Poison, actually, they did their good, solid, rock solid set, you yeah. know. Um, They're a good live band. Yeah, and I mean, nothing to really write home about, but it, they they did good, okay? Um, I, I had wished that it had been the headlining night for Leopard so that we could oh, see the longer okay. set, but that was the next night that okay. they did the headline. Yeah. But they did a good set, and also they played, I think, three songs off of Diamond Star Halos yeah. as well, uh, which was good, although one of them was a slow one, and it was like, oh, please, no, not more slow ones. This guitar, um, that one, yes. that was one. Yeah, so they did that, you know, because they did the little separate, oh, we're going to bring out the little drum and do the acoustic in it, which just, that part kills me. Um, and then, you know, and then obviously crew closed the show. I think we bolted out of there before the last two songs, and, and uh just their set was a freaking mess. It just was, it was not, it was, I mean, you granted you have different front of house guys, band to band, but, but good God, you know, poison sounded solid. Leopard sounded solid. And then 
crew comes on and they're just a muddy mess. When you, when a song starts and you can't even figure out what the fuck the song is because the mix is so bad. So when Vince's croaked vocal clues you in to, oh, it's this song. Or the next one, it's, oh, it's when, when um, Mick finally comes in and there's a guitar thing. Oh, okay. but that's how it was for every song. It would be the bass was blaring or this was, it was, every song was mixed bad with one exception. And that was the, um, the song from the dirt. Was it windy? Because that can blow no. the sound. It was no, not windy. No, it was, it was still, and it was, if you remember that weekend, it was just hot as sweaty donkey balls. I mean, we were just all dripping in that, in Fenway. There was really, it was, no, it wasn't that at all. Well, I think at this stage, Motley Crue are the one band that you can't, you need to have beers in you. <laughs> um, I, I saw, I've seen Motley twice, and the only reason I went uh, was I'd never seen him until I moved here. Yeah. And I think I saw him with Kiss, and I, I they, they were on another package as well. Yeah. And I swore after the second time I saw him that I'm good. Yeah. When we were walking back to the car, too, I had actually said to Nikki, I'm like, believe it or not, I have seen, I have heard Vince sound worse. And she just was like, are you kidding? I'm like, no, I've heard him sound worse. And that was on when he was, out in Mansfield, and it was um, with the Vince Neil band. Oh. It, it was like, and yeah, nail like, it in. It was it was worse. Um, but I mean, yeah, people were there. People were loving it. I just, again, I've seen him a bunch of times too, and it just was like, come on, you put all this other stuff into the set. You can't bring it together a little bit more than you did. Um, so yeah, just overall, wasn't that impressed. Here's my take on on bands like that at this stage. If you're being paid an extortionate amount of money, you you have to do absolutely everything mm-hmm. to be as professional as you can. Right. And they and they had put, you know, they had a big like intro movie and they were it was kind of like a they did this mock news thing and so there was a lot of stuff that they put towards the show. But the one thing they forgot about putting towards the show was Fucking practice and get the mix right. Well, I'm talking about that, but what I'm also talking about getting the songs right, getting your vocals as best well, as well, you can. Well, that's what I Vocal mean. Coaching, they didn't put everything. Any, they didn't put effort into that. They put effort into the pretty girls on stage and them dancing and their background vocals and, like I said, all of the visual video things and all that. But the crux of all of it which is freaking music they really didn't put a lot behind see that, that that's always a red flag for me now when bands say you know when the bands just prom- promote in interviews the show the show the show the show the show and i'm like right. yeah the show i'm interested in the show but i'm interested to see how good ye guys are mm-hmm. you're masking stuff by promoting all that shit that's going right. on around you and i think part of it i mean we're a bit of an oddity in that we go to a lot of shows. There's a lot of people there that that's probably was the only show they went to this year. And, and they've been we'll, waiting to see that show yeah, for three years. And we'll go to. So it's to their sense, they think, oh, this was great. And it's like, not really. It was kind of shite. And, uh, but it's kind of that you have an easily impressed segment of like, oh, I went to go see crew finally, you know, like all of that. And, and it's like, yeah, okay, but 
They actually could have probably done better if they really tried. Question for you now, uh, and I don't know where you were sitting, so you might be able to answer this. Did you see a lot of people leave after Leopard? Uh, no, I did not see a lot of people leave after Leopard. Okay. I'm just curious to see if the word had got out mm-hmm. about Motley. Because the word was out, or I've, I've seen it, yeah. that the other poison were, for, to a lot of people were the best band on that bill. Mm. And that Leopard were as solid as, as usual, mm-hmm. but Motley were a bit... Eh. Yeah, so I didn't see a lot of people leave. And yeah, we were... It was a weekend, so we wasn't it too? Friday night, yeah. Okay. And we were two, two rows off the field. So okay. we were fairly close as okay. well. Um, and yeah, I didn't see a lot of people leave. Okay. Yeah. But you did. At the end, yeah, I quickly, I quickly <laughs> brought up setlist.com and went, okay, we have, and this is what we're going to miss. We good? Yeah, we're good. And we were, we were gone. The, and then we beat the crowd out of there. The, the other thing that was noticeable about that, um, that tour, uh, Leopard were really the only band promoting anything new. Mm-hmm. I, I know Motley had the, the song, one song out of the dirt. Yeah. That, yeah, but. That movie's yeah, that was two that and was, half, yeah, that was about it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Poison, Poison doesn't have anything. And nothing. Then, Joan and then, Jett, I, I, I don't know much about Joan. They Jett. have it. She has a new acoustic record coming out, but having nothing to do with the stadium tour. But yeah, she actually does have an acoustic. Did you see her out. set? I did not. We purposely missed it. And so, there was another band on before her. You Classless sure? act, or, or yeah, there was, there was some band that probably paid to. It, uh, it was open. It was, if you remember too, that was the day where we had massive downpours first. So when we were driving in, and remember, I'm not driving in from here. I'm driving in from out from Worcester instead into Boston. Um, and we, it was, we weren't even sure if the show was going to be going on because it was, you couldn't see it was downpouring that much, and Route Nine was flooding. But when we did get in, it finally did clear up, and we and we parked further away too. I kind of have a little parking trick for Fenway, and uh, so that we we only pay twenty bucks for parking. And oh, wow. yeah, Fenway. <laughs> How'd you pull that off? Yeah, well, you don't park right next to Fenway. You park where people don't think of parking. And um, there was some other woman when we got back who she was like, "Oh, well, I just did this by accident." I'm like, "No." This is this is the place, and she's like, I can't believe I only paid twenty dollars for the, for this for hours. I'm like, uh huh. How much was it normally? Fifty? Around there, you were paying anywhere from fifty to like a hundred bucks. See, that's the fucking problem with going to these shows now. Yeah. When you put in parking, price tickets, yeah, beers, yeah, it's a fucking it's a fucking half a week's holiday away. You know, to piss your flights if you want to go abroad. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's fucking ridiculous. Like, yeah. and I'm sure the beers in Fenway are probably fifteen, sixteen. So we weeks. didn't even do, we didn't even do that. We ended up. She grabbed a couple of waters. I didn't feel like having a beer. It was like that hot. Yeah, it was just like going to be like you were just going to feel crappy. So I we didn't. We just had a couple of waters and and that was it. And we had, I think we ate beforehand too and shit. So we were we were fine from that respect. Yeah, we just kind of. That's why I won't really go to any of these. Yeah. We, we almost were going to go to the yard house afterwards, but it was, again, I knew that within minutes that place was going to be packed, and this was easier to just get back, and we were out of there before, like, all the madness of people trying to figure out how the hell to get out. But So, uh, so you, yeah. had, you had poison on in the daylight. Yeah. Okay. You had leopard on in 
partial daylight. Partial daylight, because yeah. yeah. they have all the screens and everything going. They do, yeah. Behind them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then you had Motley on mm-hmm. in the dark. Now, what? how long is the turnover between the bands? I'm sure it ran like clockwork. Was it 15 it's minutes? Pretty, it, was, it was fairly pretty quick. quick. Yeah, it was fairly quick, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, it was the longest between Leopard and Motley. Who, out of Leopard and Motley, who had the best stage show? Take the musicians out of it and the playing that you looked and went, wow. Well, Motley has all of, you know, it wasn't the usual Motley kind of thing. So it just kind of had, the, it was like this, supposed to be kind of post-apocalyptic. So it was like red lights. And then they had these, what looked like just mangled iron sculpture things. And so, but there was no, nothing really moving or anything like that. So that was kind of Make their Mars thing. move? Mm, just, <laughs> just, just barely. As however, much as Ian Hill? However, he did move more than, <laughs> he did move more, <laughs> he did move more than the guy who played Mick Mars in the, in the Motley Crue cover band okay. that we saw at Hairfest, who the singer for that band had a excellent Fat Vince impersonator. That's what I referred to him wow. the whole day was Fat Vince. Um, wow, I'll have to show you a picture a, and you'll be like, oh my God, it is. It's Fat Vince. Wow. Um, that's taken it too far. But now. yeah, but the guitar player, he, yeah, Vin, Mick moved more than his impersonator. I think he moved more than Ian Hill does too. So yeah. Okay. Um, although Ian Hill does move his arms more, maybe not his legs more. Because he does kind of put his bass up and down and up and down type of thing, and then he swings it where Mick tends to just stay in one place um, and then just shuffle. But um, I think from a um, even you know, so even though Leopard had a simpler stage show, I think that all of the video and everything that they had going was mo- was done better, so that. You know, when you had things up on the Jumbotron some and they were playing a certain song, like the way that the, the frames run around the images went to the songs and things like that. So um, I think from their, their thing, they put more thought into all of that and didn't really need to have much of like of effect things going on. Um, you know, and Motley just kind of went a different way, which was they had all they had. Basically, they had the girls that were going around and. And and like I said, like the sculpture things, and that was about it. It's it's interesting now that that tour is over. Um, Leopard had no drama, really. Mm-hmm. No, you know, uh, and Poison, and Motley had a bit. Mm-hmm. Fucking Tommy Lee <laughs> taking out his fucking yeah. lad on uh-huh. stage, and yeah. then of course in the beginning of that tour, you had oh, it's Tommy Clifedos. Uh huh. Um, so there was a bit of drama there, but. I think if you're if you're middle aged now and you're going to see a Motley Crue show, you're not going to get anything that's you know that's going to fly by the seat of their pants kind of thing. They're going to be unpredictable. They're uh-huh. all wild. I'm right. like these guys are in their fucking sixties now. Yeah. Well, you know, Tommy went out and he's like trying to get girls to like, yeah, show me your tits and all that. So he finally had that's like sad. one girl that that finally did it, and I just kind of like to turn to Nikki and was like. Yeah, I didn't need to see those. <laughs> he just laughed, you know, but it was, you know, that was the kind of like, oh, we'll spur the crowd up. I'll, I'll do that. But so that was, you know, like, oh, okay, some people were liking it. I've seen it before. Big <laughs> I just find those things, you know, yeah. a 60-year-old man on stage asking uh-huh. that now is yeah. 
pathetic. And then the other thing I, I will note, I think I probably mentioned this to you before, too, but you reminded me when you talked about Tommy Clefettos was the same day that Tommy Lee had his rib injury, um, our buddy James Kotak had his rib injury, the same injury on the same side to the same number of ribs. He continued to play on the tour every night for the whole show. (laughs) 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 And I actually hit James up, too, and was like, oh, gee, you didn't have anyone sit in for you, huh? And something something like that. But, yeah, it was just interesting. Like, hmm. And, and, hey, I, I understand. I've screwed my ribs up. It does hurt a lot. But it's like, eh, you know. I went and did what I needed to do, um, which at that point included a judo tournament that really almost killed me. But, I mean, I did what I needed to do. Um, but, yeah, I, like I said, it was, it was all right. It was a good show for the most part. Um, you know, was it worth waiting two years for? Probably not. But, yeah, it was I, all right. I have a friend of mine in Ireland, and he's waiting three years to see Ozzy mm. with Judas Priest. Yeah. I I'm still would have liked to have seen Judas Priest because they canceled the last show that literally three blocks away from here. Oh, do you know the Fozzy show that's supposed to be next month? That's yeah. canceled. Oh. He's fucked up his uh his throat. Oh, yeah, and that's the Lowell's, two blocks yeah, that so, way. So any band that we like that's coming to Lowell, they're not <laughs> fucking playing. Okay? So yeah, so that's that's yeah, that's great. But uh yeah, but at least hopefully nothing will happen. Three days from now, when there's the last in line show at a great little club in Worcester. Is it a bar? It's it's basically a bar. This so the reason I didn't get like the best tickets for this when they first got on sale is because we weren't sure if we were going to like the venue. So they are just getting into booking like rock bands, and um, so we went and we saw uh, one of the basically the only Aerosmith-endorsed Aerosmith cover band we went to uh, to see, Draw the Line. And we decided, hey, this is a pretty cool venue. And, you know, Nikki talked to the owner because she talks to everybody, finds out they're just starting to book bands in. Most of what they've been doing is, like, having line dancing stuff on, like, during the weekdays and shit like that. So it's more been like a country bar. And they definitely need to enlarge their stage but um, they're getting more into getting rock acts back Good. in again. Good. So, I mean, coming up this Saturday, it's actually they've got Stephen Adler's playing during the day and Last in Lines playing Saturday night. Oh, I saw an ad for, for Stephen. Yeah, they've like, had. I didn't know where it was. A though. few weeks ago, they had, you know, or the, what was it, the weekend I went to see. Oh, shit. Tesla. The same weekend I went to go see Tesla at Indian Ranch. They had Vixen playing there. That's right. So they've had a lot of bands going through, and they're trying to get better at that. And they're also trying to they've got they've got two bars in there. They really haven't been able to get the food thing going. So there's a little some restaurants around there, but they didn't. They haven't had food there. They they will allow you to have like Grubhub drop off, <laughs> but but they but that's one other thing they're working on. So it's it's like up and coming. So it'll be Great. interesting to see how Vinny's kit. And the rest of the band fits on their stage. Well, they'll find out when they pull in on on Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> but it's good. But it's it's a, it's a it's a nice little venue, and you don't. It's weird. So it's the old. I think it's called the old Worcester Ironworks, and so you basically you don't really see it on the front. It's a door, 
and you walk down this long hallway, and it's on the backside of the old iron works. Um, so it's kind of like you kind of look and you're going, "What the hell is this club?" And yeah, it's just like this one door, and you walk down the hall, and then and then they've got a door after that to go in. Um, it's you know it's fairly decent size, and like I said, it's a pretty cool atmosphere. Everybody seems to be pretty cool there. It's a very mixed crowd, and uh, yeah, it's like I said. So we decided, ah, this is pretty cool. I like the atmosphere. The key is when you go there. And it's why I paid for early entry is they only have a certain number of tables. So you get there for regular time, you're basically like standing all over the place. So it's like get there early enough, you get a seat, still can can see, you can hear, it's great. And so, yeah, so it's like, yeah, I'll pay extra for the early entry. And then I'll have, you know, this, I think they got three bands on there. They got some little warm-up band. They got another band, Bad Marriage, who opened up for Tesla. Um, and then last in line. Okay. Well, if you yeah. can go. So it'll be good. I mean, it, you know, again, like you talked, joked to Viv about, it's almost like having a hometown gig, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So and the interesting other thing I thought about after I edited the interview and I walked away was, hmm, I wonder if Vivian's ever realized that he is living where Ronnie literally started. Because Ronnie was born in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, he was born in I'm Portsmouth. Sh- I'm sure he, he is. He didn't grow up there, but he, he was yeah, born in Portsmouth. I'm, sh- I'm sure he's been living there long enough now that he's aware of that. Yeah. So I just thought that was interesting. It's kind of like he ended up where Ronnie started. Okay. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, whatever. But, yeah, I think you had a great talk with Vivian and, you know, covered a lot of things. That, that are in there. I think you hit just about everything he's got going on through a little other past history in there as well. And um, yeah, I thought it was good stuff. Yeah. I always like talking to uh, Irish guys. Yeah. And hopefully, you know, if things will work out and then I'll actually get to see you out there on Saturday. Yeah. And it, which would be cool. And hopefully. you'll actually get to finally meet Nikki too after like six years. Yeah. So. Do you know, um, <laughs> just to finish, Yeah. Uh, this month is, I'm 10 years on the show. Is it really? Yeah, look at um, all the gray hair. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Holy crap. Ten years. Oh, it's good. Must be doing something right. Absolutely. <laughs> like this interview we're about to run, like yep. right about now. Yep. Hey, is this Richie? Yeah. Hi, Vivian. How are you doing? I'm grand, thank you. Sorry I'm a few minutes late here. I just got home. Oh, you're all right. Yeah, you're, you're in Portsmouth, are you? Portsmouth area, yes. Indeed. Where are you at? I'm in Lowell, Massachusetts. Oh, Lowell, Mass. Yeah, I'm living here uh, 13 years. Mm-hmm. So, so when is the last time you got home? Um, I went back in Ireland for a week in March. Okay. Early March, yeah. Okay. And yourself? I haven't been home since before COVID. I'm hoping to go early yeah. next year. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Sorry, I'm eating in your ear. Here, I'm just wolfing down a bowl of soup. You're all right. I'm so hungry. <laughs> mm-hmm. So how do you find living in, in New Hampshire? You like it up there? I love New Hampshire. What about the winters? Yeah. I don't even mind the winters, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's we okay. do a lot of jigs. We do a lot of jigsaw puzzles. So. Oh, good, yeah. It took me a while to get used to the winters over here. I didn't mind the shoveling at first, and then I got sick of it pretty quickly. Mm. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm not good at shoveling. <laughs> yeah. 
uh, we have a guy who comes and plows the driveway for us, you know. Yeah. Unfortunately, my wife is from New Hampshire, and she's very adept at shoveling snow. So <laughs> she can do the pathway. Yeah. Hey, now, if you're going to go home, can you go through Manchester, or do you have to go through Logan? Back to Ireland, I'd go into Dublin from Logan. Yeah. But Logan, you can, they don't fly from Manchester, New Hampshire to Ireland, no? No, gosh, no. Not yet. That would be too handy. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. I'll wait until you're, we'll keep talking, Vivian, until you finish the soup if you want. Give me give me ninety seconds, and I will be one hundred percent with you. <laughs> you're all right. Mm-hmm. Where about you from exactly? Waterford. Waterford. Yeah. I'm oh, right. yeah. Southeast. Uh-huh. Seven. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. You ever, Hi, Reggie. You, you play, Vivian, have you played in Waterford with Sweet Savage? Did I? Yeah. I'm, I, I'm not sure. Okay. Um, I don't think so. Okay. Um, but I could be wrong. I don't know. It was a long time ago. Yeah, I know. I know. But if we did, it would have been just the once, I would imagine, you know. Okay. Um Certainly wasn't one of our regular gigs like Kilkenny or Dublin. Yeah. Okay. Soup finished. Soup finished. We're good to go. We are good to go. All right. So, Vivian, I want to ask you about the Day in the Life EP that's coming out in uh, November with Last in Line. Uh Um, Were there any other cover songs up for consideration? Um... Yeah, we, we'd started talking a year or two ago about wanting to do something that would be a little out of our wheelhouse, you know, something a little unusual, not something from our genre in terms of a cover. And uh, we, we talked about, what about a Sting song? What about a Peter Gabriel song? What about this? What about that? And I'm not sure how we ended up on Day in the Life because the idea sort of went quiet for a while and it didn't didn't come up. And then all of a sudden, it, when COVID started and and we had, um, you know, we canceled a bunch of shows that we were supposed to play and we're all just sitting around twiddling our thumbs, then uh, I think it was Phil who came up with the idea to do Day in the Life. So we started working on that and, you know, we had no particular... Uh, time frame to get it finished or anything so just um, you know nobody said well hey this one's a bit difficult maybe we should try something easier but you know we figured we had the time to do it so we just took our time and we, we eventually got it finished uh, interestingly it's the first time we've ever worked remotely as last in line that's not normally our thing um, so that's the only song that we've ever done that was started uh, from start to finish was done entirely remotely. You know, we we normally like to get together in a room and see see the whites of each other's eyes as we lay down tracks and stuff. Mm. Now, you of course done a lot of covers with Leopard, uh, the Air record. Um, mm-hmm. So did that help in your approach to maybe handling this one? Um, well, certain songs. You know, with the Leopard thing, as regards to the Yeah record, certain songs we wanted to take a very different approach to. Um, specifically, I'm thinking of a song Rock On, the David Essex cover. Um, 
we didn't want to do it like the original you know we weren't going to put flutes and stuff in it um you know so we we had a very different approach to that song with with other songs we did them pretty much straight up like say don't believe a word by thin lizzy you know um with day in the life i mean it's the beatles i mean it's a big one you know you're taking on uh, an iconic song by an iconic band you know it's probably not wise to try and go toe to toe by just doing a, a, a complete duplicate of, of the original. So, um, you know, we kind of came up with this heavy part in the middle and, uh, you know, tried to make it as different as possible and as relevant as possible to last in line without being entirely idiotic and disrespectful to the song. Mm. Now, is there one guy in the band who's just a massive Beatles fan? Like, way more than any of the rest of them are, are all huge fans. No, I'd say we're all huge fans, but only one of us has ever met a Beatle, and that's Vinnie Appice. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, uh, when he was a kid, he, you know, actually got to go into the studio briefly with John Lennon, so, um, you know, so he has a legitimate claim to it, you yeah. know? Yeah. I, I do not. I was a huge Beatles fan, but I never got close to meeting any of them. Okay. Um, what other songs are on the EP, Vivian? Um, there's a couple live tracks, Devil and Me, from um, from our first album. Uh, that was the first single from the first album, Heavy Crime. And that recording is from Norway in, I don't even know what year, in 2016, 17, something like that. Um the other live track is Give Up the Ghost, which was recorded uh, when we played at the Download Festival in 2019. Okay. And um, the fourth track on the EP is uh, a song called Hurricane Orla, which is from our new album. So, yeah. So that song is going to be on the EP and the new album? It's not Correct. exclusive. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So what, uh-huh. what's the status of the, the third record? How much of it is done now? It's all done. Yeah, the artwork's done. The record's done. Um, we are compiling the credits and thank you lists for the record, which we have to submit within the next two to three weeks to the label. And I believe they're looking at a uh, release for early next year, sometime in the first quarter, I think uh, February or March. So this is our first record with ear records the german label mm-hmm. and uh we're very excited about that you know we think we made two very very good records with frontiers the italian label um not so sure that uh, those records were given a very fair shake i mean although it is difficult in this day and age to get music to people's ears you know regardless of your situation and your record label or whatever but you know we we felt we made two really really strong records with heavy crown and, and the two album and we certainly did our part by going out and promoting it and playing as many live shows as possible um so this is like a new era for us for for various reasons number one it, it's a, a brand new label ear music like i said so a chance to start over with a fresh label um unfortunately our our manager steve strange passed away uh, pretty much exactly a year ago this week um that uh, of course was a major kick in the nuts but um we have a new manager a chap called brian coleman we're excited to work with him uh we also 
have a new agency in place. We're going to be doing our first shows for them in November. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it's all kind of like, you know, after this hiatus of COVID and whatnot and the tragedy of Steve's passing and moving to a new label, it's, it's you know, it's, it's a new beginning for us, really. So we're looking forward to that. Do, uh, do you guys at this stage, do you just go in and write songs or do you talk about what direction the album is going to go? Uh, in Def Leppard, we very, very much talk about the direction of an album. In Last in Line, we just go into the room and start playing. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's a very different approach. Um, and in fact, the, the, the etiquette within Last in Line is that you don't bring songs in. You can bring in ideas, which is great. You know, if somebody's got a riff or a beat or an idea for a title or something, that's fantastic. But, you know, nobody comes into a last in line writing session say hey i got this song you know it's kind of like save that for your solo album um that's why we you know like i said it's unusual for us to do a track remotely like day in the life um because we we do like to grow our songs organically you know by being in the room with each other and seeing just you know what direction we end up in and then feeding off that energy that you get when you're in a physical room playing loud rock music together with very capable musicians. You know, it's, it's very spontaneous and very exciting. Um, obviously it was very different with day in the life because that's a very, very, very well-known song, you know, so there's already a roadmap for how to do it. You know, whereas, whereas when we're doing new and original material, we just like to kind of spark off of it. And, you know, unlike Def Leppard, we're not looking for, commercial success we're not anticipating commercial success you know we're a bunch of oldie hard rockers so we're yeah. just you know we're just kind of looking for the vibe hmm. now the upcoming tour that starts this weekend can't be lost on you that the first show is half an hour from where you live well it's a bit more than half an hour but uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, i won't be walking uh, yeah but that, that is convenient yeah and it's funny, I don't think of it as a tour because it's really just weekend. It's we're going to this weekend, we're doing three shows, and then I'm flying home. And then next Thursday, I'll be flying to Wisconsin to do a couple more shows out in the Midwest. And then I'll be flying home. And then a week or two later, we fly to California and do some more shows. So, it, you know, I, I, I personally never think of these sort of things as tours. I mean, um, the new shows for uh, the shows for our new agent that I was talking about are in November. We have a solid two week run, so that's kind of more like a mini tour, you know. So I, I kind of think of those in a different way. But yes, it is all part and parcel. I suppose it's all semantics how you describe it. But um, yeah, it, it's it's exciting. I'm looking forward to getting back out and playing again. It's been uh, quite a few months since I played with the band, and of course, in true last in line fashion, it's not like we're rehearsing or anything. We we have a sign check for about 20 minutes so that's that that'll be like uh hey guys how you been for the last five months you know 20 minutes to that that was my that was i was going to ask you that how much band rehearsal have you actually done for this and you just answered the question no well yeah i mean it's, it's not like we're doing any new songs at the moment you know um maybe for that two-week run in november like i mentioned we may start playing the new song uh, Hurricane Orla from the uh, from the EP because it will have been released by then. But at this point in time, there's no 
real sense to be playing music from the new record because absolutely no one will have heard it. Um, and furthermore, we don't have time to rehearse it. So <laughs> it's just on a more practical level. Um, I mean, I literally just got back from the Def Leppard tour. Yeah. What was a week- weekend before last? And I've been gone at a rally all week. So I, I was only home for like 36 hours. And then I left to Pennsylvania to go drive in a rally. And I just got home Sunday from that. So um, I haven't really had time to settle down yet, you know. So, so you, you, you brought it up there at a car rally in Vivian. Where does the love of that come from? From Donegal when I was a kid. Um, every summer, you know, my, my family have a home up in Donegal. And I started going up there when I was four years old. And I spent every one of my summers up there. And back then, I mean, they now call it the Donegal International Rally. But back then, I believe it was called the Circuit of Ireland. And... Uh, it used to race through the the northwest, you know, and I used to love watching flying Ford Escorts and whatnot. It was always the most exciting form of motorsport, in my opinion. It was one of those things that, you know, I always thought, oh, I'd love to try that someday, you know, and then you your life takes a direction. In my case, it was music, you know, and, and that was my focus and always has been, and I'm always constantly working with Def Leppard and Last in Line and always working during the summers and whatnot. Um, But two things happened that led me to rally at this late stage in life. Number one was moving to New Hampshire. uh, And uh, number two was... um, Oh, God, just the the, the proximity of, of... being close to a rally school, Team O'Neill, which is up in Northern Hampshire, and, and, and COVID, of course. So when COVID happened, you know, I was supposed to be going on tour that summer with Def Leppard in summer 2020. The tour was postponed. Um, I had just moved to New Hampshire the year before. And, uh, I, you know, I've always been keen on cars and driving and stuff, and I, I track a lot. So I joined the local track and... Uh, Prior to moving to New Hampshire, I lived in Southern California, where you can drive 12 months of the year because of the weather. But out here, once I moved to New Hampshire, I realized very quickly that, you know, six months of the year, your car is going to storage. So I was very crestfallen having to put my cars into storage and watching the track be closed for six months. And I did a little research online, and I realized that Team O'Neill was two and a half hours from my house. So away I went and did their five-day rally course, and it was the most fun I've ever had in a car. And, and I did that. I did the course for the first time in December 2020, and then I went back in January of 21. I went back in February. I went back in March. I went back in April. Yeah. And, and then they said to me, you know what, do I, why don't you just go do a rally? So then I started entering rallies. So I've been doing, it hasn't been that long. It's only been, my first national rally was the New England Forest, which is the local one here up in Maine. Um, I did that in summer last year. Also had my first rollover crash in that event. It was going a little bit too fast. <laughs> and um, then I've done a bunch more since nationally across the country, anywhere from Seattle to Michigan to Missouri. And uh, the one I did last weekend was done in Pennsylvania. So, yeah, it's been great crack. Are, are we talking... So, you're, you're, it's just you and the car, Vivian. And what speed? Oh, no, no, no. no it's... It's forest rally. You do it with a co-drive. You have a okay a navigator telling you what corners are coming up and okay. whatnot and the distances. So, um, what speed do you? I mean, yeah. my car is not the, 
not like one of the top spec rally cars. So my top speed is right about a hundred. Okay. You know, but a hundred miles an hour is very fast on a single track road in the middle oh, yeah. of a forest. <laughs> yeah, it's it seems a lot faster. Yeah. Okay, so one of the things you have a willingness to do is you go from playing stadiums with Def Lever to playing small clubs in the same area soon after that's coming up. And to yeah. me, that's something that a lot of musicians won't do. And I think Ego's got something to do with that. So where does that willingness come from with you? Because I, I really, really love it. I love, I mean, I, I don't love sitting for six hours in a sprinter van. I don't love eating cheese sandwiches every day. I don't love staying in the Holiday Inn Express. I don't love flying on Southwest Airlines. Yeah. <laughs> I do, as much as I do appreciate Southwest, I don't enjoy it. Um but I do love the hour and a half or so that we're on stage playing together, you know, and that's, it's a real challenge for me as a guitar player to continue to do that. You know, it makes me a much, much better guitar player when I go back to Def Leppard, you know, um, it just keeps me sharp and, uh, I'm certainly not doing it for the money, you know, um, but yeah, it's 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 fun. I mean, there's times when it's not fun. Like I said, there's six hours in the sprinter van, you know, and your your ass is numb, you know, and you think, what the hell am I doing, you know? But um, the other thing is, you know, the, the schedule, the last in line, is always pretty intense because we really can't afford the downtime to take days off in between shows. So we tend to do a lot of consecutive back-to-back shows. So it keeps it busy. But but as, but, as well um, as that, Vivian, you probably. You probably don't have your days mapped out as much as you would on, say, the stadium tour where, you know, everything to, is, is oh, mapped yeah. out to the minutiae. You're doing these interviews, you got to be here, you got to do this. Yeah, well, we, we have a lot of help with Def Leppard. I mean, obviously, we've got a really great crew and, you know, we have a lot of people to help us. <laughs> well, last in line, we have one guy, Mark, <laughs> yeah. Mark Weber, Super Mark, we call me, and he drives the van, he sets up the gear, he collects the money, he arranges the meet and greet, he takes the photos, he's, you know, he's just unbelievable. So, yeah, it, it's a very different experience all around. But, you know, I, I get to see both ends of the spectrum, you know, like that yeah. with Last in Line and, you know, the coddling of stadium tours with Def Leppard, you know. That keeps you grounded, I'd say, does it? I, I think you're absolutely right there. It certainly does, yes. Yeah, yeah. It certainly does. I mean, it, it affords me a lot of perspective, you know. I, I have a real appreciation for for where we are in our career with Def Leppard, you know, but I think that's true of everyone in the band. I mean, I don't think you need to go out and play clubs necessarily to, to see that, but yeah, it, it kind of helps. But I mean, I, I do it because I love it. You know, mm. I always wanted to, to play guitar like that. It's always been a passion of mine and, and it's just, it's fun to do. It's something I do well. Yeah. I enjoy doing it. Now, one of the things you told me in the past was that Def Leppard aren't like any other band you've ever played with. Um, can you give me some specific examples to expand on that? Um, there's, there's just a great work ethic in, in Def Leppard, you know. it's And it's not just about one aspect of what we do. It's across the board. I mean, whether we're writing songs or the work and the effort that goes into recording them uh, or the, the live show itself and the thought process that goes into that the level to which we rehearse, the level to which we prepare for each and every show, and you know, just the professionalism, the work that we put into staying physically fit, you know, and, and just making sure the wheels don't come off the wagon. I mean, it, it's, 
just it's beyond anything that I've ever experienced in the industry with with the other bands that I've been and indeed with other bands that we've performed with and toured with. You know, it's there's just a whole different level to professionalism within Def Leppard, and and there's a a lack of individual ego in the band too. There's there's a collective ego and pride in what it is that we do. Uh, and I see in other bands that there's usually clashing individual egos that cause conflict. In, in, in Leopard, we've never we've never allowed space for that kind of stuff. You know, I think anyone who ever had a tendency to behave that way or to let their ego get in the way of the greater good of the band would never have been allowed to join Def Leopard. Mm. Is that true that... Um you all still share the same dressing room, and there's like a great friendship yes. amongst you guys. To, to, there is, yeah. I mean, it's not like you know we're camping buddies. We go off and camping yeah. all these together, wear matching pajamas. I mean, it's, you know, it's not like that. But we all like each other, and we all appreciate each other and respect each other, and that's important. Um, you know, within the band, obviously, there are certain friendships that are they're stronger than others, as you'd expect. Um, but it is something that we take pain to do is to make sure that we always share a dressing room and nobody else like absolutely no other band that i can think of uh, of our genre of our generation that we've ever been on the bill with has ever shared a dressing room i mean they all have their separate things they'll travel separately and stay separately and have separate dressing rooms and stuff you know because you go in there and and you spend you know we're usually at a venue from three or four in the afternoon we spend several hours together in the dressing room we're always doing vocal warm-ups and it's a way of keeping connected you know and and maintaining that that kinship and that bond that that's important for a band Mm. now the the, the new album that came out diamond star halos i personally loved the variation on it but how disappointed were you that you weren't able to write for it um, it's my own fault. I was just caught off guard, you know. Yeah. Between one thing and another, I just wasn't prepared for it. And then when it's all of a sudden, you know, spring of 2020, I was getting ready for the stadium tour, and I, all of a sudden, yeah, we're not going on tour. Okay, fair enough. Uh, we're making a record. <laughs> okay, so that, and we're doing it at home. So I, I was well, well behind the technology curve. I spent most of my time just playing catch up on the technology, just trying to figure out how to get a guitar signal into a laptop, into some software, you know, so, um, so it's my own fault, but I, I got plenty of songs, plenty of song ideas, there'll, there'll be other opportunities, you know. Okay, I just have a couple of questions for Olivia Go, Vivian. Um, were you aware that Holy Diver was certified double platinum this year? I was not, no. Okay, um, do you still have any of your gold and platinum albums? Uh, no. You don't? You no, don't keep any, I, you don't keep any memorabilia at all. Well, I I, I was never uh, the very first award I ever got was a gold certification for for Holy Diver, and you know, obviously it was made out to Vivian Campbell. My father's name was also Vivian, so I gave it to him. Okay, and he he hung it on his office wall, and it was a great conversation starter when people walked into his office. You know, so he had more use for it than I did. I mean, I I just. It's never been the sort of thing that I ever wanted to do was to hang an award on my wall, you know. But um, I, I have some somewhere. I mean, I, I've given an awful lot of them away over the years. Um, I, 
I've also moved a bunch of times over the years, so I don't, you don't yeah. know where stuff is. But yeah. I, I know I have some of them somewhere, but they've never been on my walls. Okay. Still, it's nice to get them. I haven't said that, you know. Yeah. And have you heard the remix of Holy Diver at all? I have yet to hear that. Okay. I've heard a bunch of mixed reports, so I don't. I have no further comment till I hear it. <laughs> right. Final question from me: um, Did you play in Slane Castle in '81 with Tin Lizzy? Yes, we, Sweet Savage, my first band, we were the very first band to play the very first Slane Castle Festival. We opened it. What are your memories uh, of that? It was brilliant. I mean, absolutely brilliant. We were massive Thin Lizzy fans. We'd done a bunch of shows with Lizzy before. Um, it was a beautiful day. The weather was spectacular. It was a beautiful venue, obviously. Uh, it was absolutely fantastic to be able to be given that opportunity to play in front of so many people on such a special occasion. Did you get to meet any of the other artists on the bill? Because you two were one of them, I think Rose Tattoo, Hazel O'Connor? <clears throat> that, that's correct, and the Bureau, which was the remnants of Dexy's Midnight Runners, um, were the other act that were on. But no, to answer your question, we didn't get to meet anyone. No, we were pretty much in and out. Okay. So do you want to give out the uh, the social media sites where people can get in touch with the band, Vivian? I don't know what they are. <laughs> don't worry, we'll do it on our they, end. They, they exist, but I, I don't do social media, so I'm not You're probably better off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, think, <laughs> I think so. Yeah, so I'm planning on going this Saturday to the gig in oh, Worcester. Yeah, so hopefully I'll get, oh, well. I'll get back to say hello to you. Yes, please do. Come yeah. back, hello. I'll get in touch ah, with, the, right. with the manager and see if I, he can arrange that for me. Sure, ask a grown-up. Yeah. It's all good. <laughs> all right, Reggie. All right, Lovely Vivian, talk nice talking to you again. Yeah, you be well. Yeah, take care. See you, see you the weekend. Bye-bye, bye. Well, this episode actually ended up being a little bit longer than uh, I was really generally thinking. I was thinking maybe it was going to be kind of a 30, 45 minutes, one and done, but uh, here we are uh, pushing an hour so uh, a little interesting, but anyways, hopefully uh, you guys are going to be able to go out and catch Vivian and Last in Line on their uh, 2022 U.S. tour. If you want to check out all the dates, you can go to lastinlineofficial.com and check all those out. There is, uh, you know, they're kicking it off the 23rd at Laconia, New Hampshire, big biker place at the big house, and then the show that I'll be at, which is on the 24th at Rascals in Worcester. Then they kick it out to Pennsylvania. They're going through through Milwaukee and into Michigan, doing some stuff in California, back to Wisconsin again. Holy crap. Viv was not kidding about spending a lot of time in a sprinter van. Uh, Illinois, Ohio, Pennsylvania. Oh, they are going all over the place. Again, Want to check out all of the dates, which they're touring in support of their new EP, A Day in the Life, then go to lastinlineofficial.com. And I should also mention that there are VIP packages available for some of those dates. So if you want to get in on that, then definitely you want to uh, get in on that early. And from lastinlineofficial.com, you can also go over to the merch shop, which is vinnieappacy.com slash lastinline. And they've got all kinds of stuff up there. They've got their, you know, your Corona Master there, snapback caps, tote bags, patches. They've got some new t-shirts up there as well. Pretty cool skull t-shirt they have up there. Some, some of Viv's 
picks are available. And uh, yeah, they got a pretty decent uh, whole uh, thing for for last in line up there, including some brand new stuff. They got a nice circle logo tee that's actually pretty kick-ass, beanie, all kinds of good stuff. And again, if you want to get any of that stuff, best thing to do is go to lastinlineofficial.com and get all of that good stuff. And then obviously, since, uh, you know, Viv doesn't do uh, social, which I freaking don't blame him, um, you can also hook up with them on Facebook, which is uh, facebook.com slash lastinline. On Twitter, it is lastinline. The old Instagram, lastinlineofficial. They got the YouTube channel going. Hey, guess what? It's lastinline. And uh, they've also got it up on SoundCloud. SoundCloud is is, uh, soundcloud.com slash lastinlineofficial. Spotify, well, you know what? I'm not even going to try to go through this whole link on this one. But if you go up to lastinlineofficial.com, go over to the menu on the right-hand side, which is connect. Click there. You will get the Spotify link. And actually, every other link that I just talked about and obviously, get your iTunes link for them up there as well. And while we're at it, might as well cover the social links for the Mighty Def Leopard as well. And the main website is, of course, defleopard.com. That is uh, definitely pretty easy to remember. And they, of course, do all the social media as well. Like I said, facebook.com slash defleopard, uh, Twitter.com slash Def Leopard, Instagram. Yep. Guess what? It's slash Def Leopard, YouTube channel, Def Leopard official. So, all kinds of good stuff there. And uh, again, if you are uh, possible, then uh, go ahead and uh, sign up for the newsletter. And they've got all kinds of good stuff happening there as well, especially with the release of the new one, Diamond Star Halos. So again, there you go. There's all the links that I can't blame Vivian for not wanting to deal with or remember or anything else. Because honestly, to be able to spit them out to you, I had to look them up too. So that's it for this week. If uh, you are going out to the show in Worcester, then I definitely hope to see you guys there. And uh, if not, uh, you know, because you don't live in... Massachusetts or New Hampshire or whatever, uh, definitely go ahead and check Last in Line out live. I mean, come on, that's going to be great to see the original Dio band. You know, doesn't have Ronnie, but, you know, Andrew Freeman, guy is one freaking hell of a vocalist. He is bringing it. And so you get some great stuff off the album from them. So go out, catch this tour. Good stuff. In the meantime, you know, just uh, you can go back and go to focusometalpod.com, check out our past episodes, check the other three interviews we've done with Vivian up there. They're all there. Just go up in the search bar, do Vivian Campbell, boom, those four will come up, and you can listen to all those as well. And as for next week, I think as of right now that I think we will be putting out a show next week, and it will be with another frequent guest. That would be the one and only, also with a relation back to Dio, Doug Aldrich. But for this week, that's it. There ain't no more. Stick a fork in it. This puppy is done. So for Richie, myself, And everybody else here at Focus on Metal, have yourselves a great metal week. And until we talk to you again next week, as always, remember... Focus on Metal! Everything else is insignificant.
It's over. Go home.